All right, man, we are once again out in the garage. And once again, being out in the garage is a reminder that this podcast is sponsored by Darkwater Woodwork, darkwaterkc.com. Right now, through the month of December, so if you're listening to this before we flip the calendar to January, you can save 25% off of your beard care products by using the code that I'm going to give you in just a minute. So 25% off your beard care products, you follow the link in the show notes, darkwaterkc.com. You can see what's available, get yourself something. Now, if you're like me, I try to get out of some of the Christmas gatherings and uh, some people understand, some people don't. So maybe you get some beard care products at a greatly discounted rate and you give those out as a, my bad, but I really didn't want to go kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? So uh, your call, but we are in Luke chapter two today. We continue kind of this Christmas theme on Out in the Garage on Fridays and uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what I'll do when we get to uh, the new year. Thinking about going through um, a New Testament book, I don't know. I like having some continuity to what we're doing, but the same token, man, sometimes, as you guys know on those previous books, you get locked into really long books. So I don't know. If I'm in a long book, I I would prefer it to be like either the Gospels or Acts, something that's very applicable right now. So uh, Luke 2, enough talking for me, right? Luke 2, we'll start in verse 22. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord that's Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus as it is written in the law of the Lord every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord now let me just pause right there and just let you know Luke 2 22 that's where we started that's your discount code for this week so all capital letters Luke 222 that's what you put in you save 25% so we're talking about about 40 days after the birth of Jesus, uh, Mary would be considered ceremonially, easy for me to say, unclean. Okay, so she's gonna, she and Joseph pre- present uh, Jesus in the temple, and uh, in according to the Old Testament, a woman would have been unclean for forty days if she had a boy, eighty days uh, when she had a girl. So she can't take part in any of the religious ceremonies, none of those things, until she. Um, she becomes uh, clean again. So uh, here we see him, you know, bringing Jesus to the temple. They're doing everything that has been commanded or instructed of them. Let's be honest, if you've been following along or if you know this story of the birth of Christ, that would not have been an easy feat. <clears throat> now remember, when you walk into church, nowadays you see people more than likely that you know and you shake their hands. Maybe you serve in a ministry or you sit in a section or you're in a part of a Sunday school or a small group and you kind of have that familiarity with people there. You know, the temple would have been just a busy place and, and, and there's a chance that they would have recognized or known some people that, you know, a lot of hustle and bustle going on. But don't forget, <clears throat> the rumor mill is in full speed, right? Here's these two people. We're only a month plus beyond the birth of Jesus, and uh, they're showing up in the temple. That people got to say, boy, it takes some nerve to show your face around here after trying to convince us that you had this this baby boy born by God, right? And so a lot, a lot of cynics. And you see that when you go through the life of Jesus, that Mary is still labeled as that person. Jesus is still labeled as that guy who was born to Joseph and to Mary. Now, they just show up here, and uh, they offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two 
young pigeons. Now, Leviticus 14, 21, 22 states, But if he's poor and cannot afford so much, then he shall take one male lamb for a guilt offering to be waived, and make atonement for him, a tenth of ephath, a fine flour mixed with oil for grain offering, and a log of oil. You're like, why are you reading that to me? Also, two turtle doves and two pigeons, whichever he can afford. The one shall be a sin offering, the other for a burnt offering. So they're bringing something for the sin offering. They're bringing something for the burnt offering. They don't have a lot of resources. Okay, I said a few weeks ago that they were poor. And again, if you're gonna if you're gonna place, you know, Jesus, you're gonna place the Son of God. Uh, here on earth to be raised by humans you think you'd put him in a place where people got some resources i mean look what happened to moses he gets put in a basket but he gets raised in in pharaoh's house i mean he 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 would have had every amenity available to him not so much with not so much with jesus here and so uh, luke writes that they bring him up to jerusalem now biblically speaking when someone says up when it's written up we think um, we tip you and I should I should say this you and I typically think when we hear up we think of north right I'm heading up to wherever okay where we're at in Indianapolis I'd say I'm heading up to South Bend I don't say I'm going down to South Bend biblically speaking we're talking about elevation so they bring Jesus up and so uh, Bethlehem where he was born to where he's going here in Jerusalem is about 98 feet higher than Jerusalem. And so we're looking at about 2,500 plus feet above sea level here. So they're bringing Jesus up elevation-wise. And uh, verse uh, 25 says, There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this, man, uh, and, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen uh, the Lord's Christ. And he came into the Spirit in the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light uh, for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory for your people Israel. Now, just in that, what is that? About seven verses. It is loaded. Now, if, you, if your pastor so chooses to teach on just those seven verses, he could easily spend a whole sermon on that. We could easily spend 30, 40 plus minutes just on that alone. You, you could probably spend a month going through just those verses. So I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to cheapen them, but I don't, want to, uh, I don't want to hold you right here. But I do want to say this. Here we got Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus into the temple. There's a guy named Simeon there. Luke doesn't write, you know, wouldn't you know it? it? Just happened to be the day that Simeon showed up. No, it's just expected. Simeon is going to be there, and when he sees Jesus, when he sees Mary and Joseph, he takes the baby in his arms. Now, I, I boy, I struggle with that one. There must be a cultural thing because I, I've never handed my kids over to a random person ever. I don't even like the uh, person comes up and has to touch the kid. Like, don't touch kids. Don't touch babies. Okay, um, I don't touch your kids and babies. Don't touch mine. Whatever. I. It, they just had to know. They just they just had to know that this was okay. And so I'm only getting from what what happened here. So he uh, he he took him up in his arms. Maybe he asked. Maybe they you know I I don't know. He's part of the uh, the, the the ceremony here. I, I I don't know. But here Simeon is a devout, godly man who just knew. He just knew through prayer, through worship, through time of God that he wasn't going to die until he saw the Messiah. Now remember, there's kind of quite a 
quite a rumor going around here because Herod's heard about Jesus being born. Well, he didn't really, he heard about a king and then, then all of Jerusalem with him heard about a king. And remember it says that they were all troubled about that when the, the wise men showed up and were asking about, hey, where's this baby that is to be born? Everybody's kind of shook about it. Well, Simeon heard the rumors, but he said, I'm going to find out for myself. It should be our prayer as men that we would be men like Simeon. It should be our prayer as men that not someday when I become 70, 80 years old, I want to be that guy. No, that I'm that guy right now. That I'm that guy right now that God is the most important facet of my life. And it's it's incredibly obvious to people I encounter. Not he's in there somewhere. Not where did I put that? No, like that that he is the central focus and the idea of being in the temple. And I know we don't have temples, but we have churches. And I know church isn't just four walls, but man, don't don't cheapen what happens within those four walls. And I think we can begin to justify the four wall idea and kind of well, I don't need and I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't start living your life on by trying to figure out what you need or don't need. That that that's a bad way to go. Simeon knew this was the place to be. I know for me, there's times where I'm gathered with the people of God here within our church, and I think, I wish this lasted longer. Because this is this is all we get for seven days. And some of these people we ain't gonna see for 14, 21, 28, if not longer. Now, the thing about Simeon is he didn't hold a title, he didn't have an office, he didn't have keys to the building, he's not sitting in a chair casting his vote. Some people think then, when I get to that point, that that then I've made it. Then I then I've I'm I'm a I'm a man of God. That, nope. He's just faithful to the Lord. Simeon is uh, just waiting, waiting for this to be revealed. Again, you know, he's heard the rumors. He could have just sat home and said, I can't, I can't believe it's happening. I can't. No, he said, I have to see it for myself. And I think, again, that comes from living a life in alignment to the idea that God is central to every facet of my life. Again, I'm not going to work him in in the morning while I have a cup of coffee or maybe in the evening before I go to bed. No, he, he, is, he, he is my source. He is my banner. He is my strength. He is my provider. And I think when we live as God central in our life, that again, not as a Christian guy, but as a man of God, I think our conversation with the Lord will be different. And, and I think we live empowered daily for him. We don't live like existing or just going through the motions. We live with this empowerment that I'm a child of God. I I, I got this I got this whole creation I get to live in. I get to come in contact with people who are created in the image of God. And not only all that, Simeon actually gets to hold God. Like I don't know how many people in the history of the world were able to hold God, but I know that Simeon is one of them. Uh, we'll go back. He took him in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, you're now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon, in a lot of ways, does what Jesus does. How many times? A couple times at least within the Gospels, Jesus takes a baby and just holds him or a child, you know, calling a child out or pointing to a child and saying that you are to receive the kingdom of heaven with the same type of faith that a child does. It would be, be more than likely that Simeon in his old age and given the fact that God hasn't spoken to anyone in, in this particular way for 400 years, it would be easy to be just an old, cranky guy. 
Be like, I'm so sick and tired of getting up and coming to this temple and not hearing a thing from the Lord and seeing all these people offer these worthless sacrifices. Nothing changes in their life. Nothing changes in this temple. We were once a great nation. And now look, we're living under Roman rule. We're almost living under a false pretense. We walk around like we're really doing something. But the reality is we're still trying to fall in line with, with the authority, making sure that you know we don't get out of step. It would be easy to be a Simeon and just become incredibly complaining and gripey and bitter. Do you know anybody like that? I, I, I'll say it again. I don't think you just turn 70, 80 years old and suddenly you are a, a sound man of God. I think it starts today. Actually, what you do today is you're kind of building on what you did yesterday. You say, well, I didn't do anything yesterday. Then you start from scratch. Or if you did a little bit, you say, well, I did a little bit. Well, then you have something to build on, right? So regardless of wherever you're at, maybe you're already 70, 80 years old listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube or whatever, start today. It, I don't think you just accidentally wander into being a steadfast, immovable man of God. And I'll tell you this, our churches are in dire need of it. I mean, men of God that you can count on. When you say, hey, will somebody pray? Wouldn't it be great if four or five, six guys all chimed up at once and said, I got it. But you know as well as I do, that doesn't happen, does it? It's crickets. Everybody's kind of looking at the ground. He goes on to uh, say to Mary, uh, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The uh, the raising of the Son of God from a parental standpoint would be a blessing and a burden. No question about it. I was just saying to my wife tonight, I think parenting may actually get harder as your kids get older. I could be wrong. I could be in a, a season where I'm just kind of tired, worn down, whatever. But I told her, I said, I just think, it, I just feel like it's getting harder. There's just, there's just different things competing for their attention, competing for <clears throat> um, validation or of, of importance in their life. And when you're younger, you, you can kind of dictate what's important or not important. So uh, let's read on. There was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. She's old. Having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Again, we got this woman, Anna. Luke doesn't write. It just so happened to be a Tuesday, and that's Anna's day to stop by the temple. Nope, he said, in, in the same spot. In the same spot as what? Simeon. Same spot as Mary and Joseph. The same spot as a whole bunch of people offering sacrifices. Some of them may be doing it with their whole heart. Some of them going through their motions and they don't even realize in this temple is the Son of God. I, I just think that's kind of an image for us in, in our church today. I can't speak to the rest of the world, but I feel like this in a lot of places in America. Not every place, but a lot of them. That I think there's a lot of people just kind of going through the motions. I was telling someone today, I... I used to really think that people wanted to be at church and now sometimes I feel like they do it to attempt to remove a guilt complex or to feel like this is something they should do or to, you know, check an appropriate box so they, they feel like, you know, I got that out of the way, I can do like people longing to be together corporately. I don't I don't know I don't know where we're at with that. I hope it's the case. It doesn't feel like it. 
But I'll go back to you. You got a Simeon and an Anna, two godly people right there who are spending immense amount of time with the Lord, worshiping, praying, and fasting night and day. 84 years old. I don't know how old Simeon is, but here we got these people um, hanging out. I hope there was more than one Simeon and one Anna there, but they had that. Don't miss it. They had the Messiah in their midst. All these people in and out of that temple and didn't even realize in your midst is the Son of God. I, I just want you to consider that. What what it, what What is your attitude and heart like as you drive down the street in your car, as you go into your workplace, as you walk into your church? Do you ever consider, as Jacob did in the Old Testament, surely the Lord is in this space and I didn't even know it. All the people offering those sacrifices and the most supreme sacrifice that will ever be offered is in their midst. And 99% of them have no idea. Here's a prophet saying, I'll go back to it, 400 years, we haven't heard nothing from God. I don't know what that job's like for her, but uh, she did not depart from the temple night and day. It's no wonder God allows the 99% go amongst their business. But this 1%, this Simeon and Anna, it's no wonder he allows them to encounter the Messiah. They're the people that pursued him night and day. You feel like your faith is a little lethargic. You're going through the motions. You're tired. You're worn down. Perhaps we're not really pursuing the heart of God. Perhaps we're doing church stuff. We're doing Christian stuff. We're kind of trying to do some Bible stuff. We're trying to do better next year. I'm going to read more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to... You, you, you really want to know where you're at? Do some fasting. That'll be a true test. Oh, it's easy to fast after you just scarf down a Pop-Tart and say, I'm going to skip lunch. It's a whole different thing. In lunch, everybody's going out. And you say, no, I'm going to stay here. I got things to do. And You really want to pursue the heart of God? Practice some spiritual disciplines. Stop going through the motions. People who pursue the heart of God will encounter Him. You try to use God as your Uber driver and you say, Hey, I want this, that, or the other. I want you to come by. You'll be left standing on the curb going, where did he go? Yeah, he doesn't operate like that. I believe the character and the lifestyle of Simeon and Anna was not common in their day. I don't want to give you the impression I think a whole bunch of people were living much godlier lives that, that we do today. I, I, I think they were as big of a mess as we are. It just looked different. But even in the midst of that, you have Simeon and Anna. Like in Genesis where you had Noah. It is possible to live a life for God in the midst of people who don't. It is possible to live a righteous life even amongst the unrighteous. 84 years old, she hadn't given up. Diligent, vigorous in her pursuit. Anna, a woman of worship and prayer. Again, is that you? Would that describe you? Worship and prayer? What changes if we say, you know what, I'm going to live a more focused, more relentless, more vigorous life for the Lord right now. I'm not waiting for a calendar to flip, not waiting for a holiday, not waiting for a service, not waiting for a worship time. I'm going to start doing it right now. <clears throat> what changes? The other night, my wife was getting ready to leave the house and she was going to go to Raising Cane's. Her and the kids were going to go uh, to a store first and raising canes. Well, I didn't want to go to the store. She said, I'll bring you back something. I said, oh boy, you can't beat that. And uh, before she walked out the door, her phone rang. I could tell the way she answered the phone. It's going to be a minute. It was a woman named Carice from Iowa. We met Carice and her husband, Ken. Ken has since gone on to be with the Lord. Two of the godliest people I ever met. And I've mentioned them before on this podcast that every single day, 
<clears throat> if you went to the church every single day back in Iowa, you would see Ken and Crease cleaning the floors, cleaning the bathrooms, taking out garbage, wiping stuff down, cleaning windows. Whatever. I don't know if we ever had a custodial team there. Maybe they do now. I don't know. But they did things that nobody had any idea that they did. And I only found out because my wife and I would be out there doing stuff. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that you did that. I have no doubt that church is what it is today because of the prayers of Ken and Carice. I have no doubt about that. I, and I've learned more uh, from Carice, not from her, but through my wife, because they have stayed in contact since we've left there. It's a different relationship when you're not on the staff anymore. And we've we've learned from her. And Carice was wanting to, to find out about a date. She was checking on something or trying to figure out something. And it, it was just, you know, it's one of those people that when she calls, you take the call. And I'm thankful that we got to know people like that. And we've had other people like that in our lives as well. But I feel like they are a dying breed. I hope I'm wrong. I feel like Simeon and Anna's and Ken and Carice's, people who genuinely love the church. They don't use the church. They uh, Ken and Carice got zero benefits from that church. We used to go to conferences and stuff, and sometimes they would go and they would pay their own way. They would get their own hotel. They would stay in a real cheap hotel ways away. They would eat their little sandwiches they brought. I mean, they would cost the church zero dollars. And they were founding members. They never flexed that muscle. They never got recognized the time I, times I was there. None of that stuff. They were just faithful to the Lord because they loved Jesus. And they loved his church. We would have multiple Christmas Eve services and Mother's Day. They never had kids. I don't believe they could have kids. So on Mother's Day, they would hand out flowers to every woman in that church. That could not have been easy for Ken and Carice, but they did because they wanted to serve the Lord. Christmas Eve, we had all these ridiculous amounts of services and stuff, and they would stay till the very end cleaning up all the communion because we did communion at every service. Massive undertaking when thousands of people have come through the church. They would stay till midnight or later, and, and here they're 70 plus, probably 80 years old, cleaning the stuff. And, and I'm just, uh, We just don't have those people. And I know there's guys that are listening to this podcast and saying, not me. I know. I know, because I don't think Ken and Carice ever had the attitude of not me. If the attitude is not me, you're right. It's probably not you. But there are guys I know, I know, because I get to work with a lot of really good men. I get to have a lot of really good conversations, and I know the Lord is stirring something deep in your heart. And I know, I know he's going to raise you up to be a Simeon, to be someone who is just relentless in your pursuit of God, relentless in your walk with Jesus. That being in the temple, being in the church, serving the church, when you don't get credit for it, when you don't get to cast a vote, when you're not in a leadership chair, when your spouse isn't on staff, all the things that we think give us some kind of bizarre validation, those things mean absolutely nothing before the Lord. I just know there's guys that are going to be like Simeon and you're going to be that man. And you're going to be that man that your pastor is so thankful for. You're going to be that man who will stand up, who will fill in the gap. You'll be that man that when someday the Lord calls you home, there's going to be a massive gap. The only way we help prevent that gap, if you are that guy, is one, pursue the Titus 2 model, mentoring the younger. And Matthew 28, make disciples. We mentor and we make disciples. Because again, those guys, there's plenty of them. Your churches are filled with them who say, not me. They may not say it out loud, but they say it with their actions. Uh, they say it with their silence. They say it with the fact that they don't show up or they leave early. You're right. It, you're right. It's not those guys. I don't believe that. 
Now, the Holy Spirit can change their heart and change their mind and do a lot of things um, that we cannot do, and we would never want to talk someone into that. But I'm talking to the guy who you know there's a stirring deep in your heart. God's been working on you. And maybe you're single. Maybe you're married. Maybe you got kids. I don't think it matters your relationship status. I don't think it matters uh, what season of life you're in. The church is the bride of Christ, and we would never want anyone to cheapen our bride. I would imagine God feels exactly the same way about his bride. So you look at these people and say, man, it seems like they're having a completely different experience than we are. I think the way you have that experience, pursue the heart of God. Pursue the heart of God. Take advantage of the times of corporate worship. Take advantage of small groups. Take advantage of discipleship. Say, man, I get to be in this conversation with the with these guys. This podcast was actually recorded a number of days ago. Something happened to the file. got all messed up. It's been, it's been a really unique week. So I sit here right now uh, telling you that just last night I had a Zoom call with I don't know how many guys from tribe are on there, 50, 50 guys from the tribe. And we talked about Genesis 12 to Genesis 21, the life of Abraham. We talked about Lot. We talked about all the, all the stuff. And, and I was just sitting on that call, listening to them talk and think, I'm so thankful that I get to have this conversation. I'm so thankful I'm sharpened by these men. I'm so thankful that um, God speaks to them and through them. And I get to grow. Selfishly, I get to grow because of it. Uh, man, it's available to you as well in your church, in your community, open your garage door, get some folding chairs, invite some guys over, choose Tribe Builder, start building your tribe, build those guys, open the invitation up, who knows what the Lord will do. But I'm just telling you, I feel like we are in a dire need of, of Simeon and Anna, Ken and Creases. And if the Lord's stirring in your heart, man, be that guy, amen. So men, I appreciate you listening, I appreciate you watching. Let's keep pursuing biblical, manliness.